bless the Lord. We love you, Lord well, Jesus. Good morning, everyone. Woo. How many wanted to sleep in late this morning? Every hand is raised. Bless the Lord. Every hand. Yeah. You know, I have some good news for you. According to the Word, He's promised us new bodies. Come on, hallelujah. So the aches and the pains and the joint problems are only temporary. Yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Well, He said uh, everything will be made new. So... We have that promise. Amen? Amen? Well, good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. For those of you that are online, we had our block party yesterday, so that was a huge success. I don't know how many hundreds of people were here, but it was at least two or three hundred. So faces and names we haven't seen for a long time or ever. Probably the memory that sticks with me the longest is... Uh, we're there about 2 o'clock or so, set, just finishing setting up and so on. And there was an older man that got out of the car and into a, into a scooter. And uh, he was very energetic and very uh, talkative. And uh, I'm thinking, well, you know, hey, this is the place for it. We've got this gigantic parking lot. He could probably get that thing into 6th or 7th gear and, you know, go zooming around. And... Uh, and Amen. And before I knew it, I looked over and he, the scooter was on the side of the parking lot and he was up dancing. Oh, hey, that's pretty cool. He's the guy that ended up with all the chickens, the famous chickens. He came early and said, can I have one? Like Christine's like, well, you can have them all. Oh, praise the Lord. He was pretty excited about that. Amen. Yeah, they were crowing and the crowing to beat the band over there in the corner on the lawn. So praise the Lord. We have a testimony this morning. If uh, praise the Lord, Tina, come on up and uh, share with us this morning the mysteries of the Lord and the the signs and wonders and the the what He's speaking to you this morning. Do you need the the stand? All right, why don't you take this and I'll get it. Morning, everybody. Saw most of you yesterday at the block party, and I found out that a lot of my sisters can dance. <laughs> Something I didn't know. Thank you. What am I going to speak on? Um, I forgot that little piece of paper. Okay. Um, I had it in my other pocketbook, and then I decided to change pocketbooks before I came. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's still in the other one. So I'm going to speak about number three, which was I was praying for God to intervene and he. And this is actually pretty recent. Um, first, I want to start off with um, saying that when I started my journey with the Lord, I was on journey number three. I was the seed that never took um, until now. And um, through my journey, I have found that the Lord gives us each individually our own scripture to follow by. It's something that sticks with us. Um, and so I'm going to read you the one that he gave to me, and it's Psalm 91. 
Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make him your most high, your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, nor disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This resonates a lot with me. And I want to tell you about a little experience that my husband and I had on our um, vacation, a mini vacation up in Old Orchard Beach in, um, it was about the middle of June. It was our first night there. We had checked into the hotel, which was right along the beach, and we all decided that we we're going to walk up into the center of Old Orchard where everything happens. But we decided to go up through by taking a walk up the beach. That was pretty uneventful. But when we got up to the center of town, there was uh, we decided to go get some, um, what was it, fried dough? Fried dough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, big favorite of ours. Um, big tradition. So we went looking for some fried dough, and there was a place that was out of it. So we walked around, and we found a place that had some, but we had to stand in line. And it was on the corner of two roads that um, adjacent to each other. And... Um, as we were standing there talking to um, a couple that was standing in front of us, there was a car that came around the corner, and they were yelling some pretty obscene things out the window. I'm not going to repeat them. And I thought to myself, wow, this is the first time I've ever been here. So, I mean, I've been going since I was 15. I'm 51. And I'm thinking, I've never noticed or seen anything like this. And I thought, wow, I think, you know, like the spirits are kind of heavy here. But, you know, we're just kind of talking with the people and stuff. So we get our fried dough, and we, we, you know, start heading back, and we decide to walk back up the beach. And it's starting to get a little dark, and there's a band playing at one of the hotels. And they're outside, and it's kind of roped off. And then there's some benches on the other side of the rope. So we sat down, and we were listening to them. And the song was called Signs by Tesla. I actually know that one. So I was sitting there singing it, and all of a sudden, this woman comes walking up the beach, and she's going, she's going, and she's really getting into it, and she's yelling, 
I am the goddess of, I mean, I am the daughter of the God Most High. Demons, get out of me. She's screaming. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? And so I'm watching her, and, and she's hissing at people. And uh, there was two girls that were sitting up in a lifeguard booth, and they came down, and they walked past us, and they went away. Um, and then she starts yelling, Satan, get out of me. And she lifts her shirt up, and she flashes us. And I'm like, okay, this woman needs prayer. So I immediately go into prayer mode, and I'm praying and all of a sudden, the minute, the minute I start praying to the Lord and I get his name, the second, the second, okay, the second I start doing my prayer, she stops in mid-sentence. I mean, she's yelling at the top of her lungs. She was acting erratic, and she stops just like that. And she quiets down. And she just gets totally calm. And the next thing I know, she's laying on the sand, totally calm. And she gets up and she puts, she's cold. She puts this wrap around her and she's walking around and around. Finally, a police officer comes over and approaches us. And so he asks us if we saw anybody walking up and down the beach yelling and carrying on. And, you know, I told him. And he, I told him what she said. And uh, he asked me if um, we were offended. And I said no. He kind of took a step back because he's like, what? Everybody's offended today, you know? But I just knew that the Lord had come through, and whatever was going on with her, he took care of it. And as we went along, I did some more prayers, you know, peace of mind, sound mind. I prayed over the beach. I, I walked literally in the spot where she was laying, and I prayed over the beach, and we didn't have any other episodes that whole entire time. We were there. So I just wanted to say that this goes right along with that because I had no fear. I knew the Lord was with me. You know, and I just want to let you know that, you know, he's with you too. We should have her give her a You're microphone welcome. over there. Yeah. Good job. Good Great job. Story. Thank you. Beautiful. That's our God. The moment Hallelujah. Hallelujah. we need his intervention. Amen. You ready to worship this morning? Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord. Come on, Kyle. Let's do this. Come on, Kyle. Oh, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for who you are. Holy Spirit, we do welcome your presence. Lord Jesus, we declare that your name is above all names, Amen. and this is all about you. This is why we're here, just to worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless Amen. you, Lord. So we, again, we welcome everyone. We welcome everyone at Cyber World that are joining us this morning. It's such a joy to have Bridget and her family. Oh, come on, come on. At the block party. Hallelujah. Um, Wow, what a day. Yeah. I just want to say that anything is possible with God. 
Come on. You just right. heard you just heard that testimony. That's right. And I'll have some other things to share with you after worship today. But anything is possible. Come on. Come so on. So dream big. Father, we Expect love you. Yes. big. Yes. Expect anything that's impossible to be possible. Amen. And let's just worship God with all our hearts Amen. this morning. Hallelujah. And um, as we just, so I just pray for you all to have freedom of worship. Come on. Come on. And you guys at home, sing all your heart and give glory and praise to God this morning. Let's worship Him oh, and give you. Him thanks for all that He's doing. Amen. Amen. Let's Amen. go. Anything is possible. Oh, yeah. Possible. There is no shadow that has ever overcome your life. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us. Every battle you've already won. You've already won.
declaration this morning. Declaration this morning. I lift it up, Lord Jesus. Stories that have proved your faithfulness, and I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend. And there is beauty in what I can understand. Jesus, it's you. Jesus, it's you.
How many times has he healed you? And things, or you've prayed, just like we heard uh, Tina's testimony this morning. Bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Bless you. So I wanted to share, last night um, at the end of the block party, um, we were informed, uh, my my, uh, grandson came up to spend the, my older grandson, he came up to spend the summer with me, with his friend Abram. And um, they've been living with us since June, and they're getting ready to go back home. They've been working up at Cravens. Uh, they came up here to work. And uh, so they've been loving it, working hard. We've been having a good time. And I guess during the block party, I didn't see Abram there, and I knew he was coming over to help. He wasn't there the day before, and I knew he was going to come and help us set up and tear down and just hang out. But I didn't see him, so I thought, well, maybe there was a real shortage at work and he got called into work or something. But I never went home during the day. Well, what I found out at the end as we were just heading home is that he was in the emergency room, and he was really sick, and he had appendicitis. And I guess he'd been laying in pain all day, excruciating pain. So... um, Someone, Jude took him to the emergency room. You know, this is, these are 17 and 19-year-olds, okay? Okay, I, I just want to qualify this story. So without telling anybody really. And um, then, you know, I was told that he was up there and they were going to do emergency surgery on him last night. So all of you know how tired you were and how much you needed a shower at the end of yesterday. So Lonnie and I went home. We jumped in the shower, we ran up to the hospital, and uh, had to fight our way through the emergency room to get in to see him. And Keith was there. Keith had gotten there before because he knew we had to take showers before we even tried to go up there. And um, we prayed for him. And he's a humble kid, and his family um, uh, are Mormon. And um, his sister had come up last year to work and sew into working. She came as a volunteer for a week and a half and helped me clean that cooler in the CCC. And she got down on her hands and knees where I couldn't. And she worked every day. And she's just the cutest little thing. I think you guys remember. But God did amazing things in her life last summer that changed her life forever. And so... I'm thinking, okay, he's over 18, he can make his own decisions. So we got in, we talked, I went in uh, after Keith, and then Lonnie went in and laid hands on him and prayed. And we prayed for a miracle, and that that thing would not burst, because he was in excruciating. He had been. And they'd given him something for that, and they were going to do the surgery probably around 1 o'clock this morning is when they did it. And so he came out, and um, the doctor said as long as it didn't burst that he thought he would be able to fly home. They're scheduled, he's fly, scheduled to fly home on Tuesday from Boston. Now, this is belly surgery, guys. This isn't like having something sewn up on your finger. If anybody's had any kind of torso belly surgery, it's not the same. It's, it's recovery time here. And... Um, so, uh, you know, I was going to go home after church today, get his room, change his sheets, get everything ready to start taking care of him uh, for the next few days. And Keith walked in here this morning and said he'd stop by the hospital um, 
just to check on him, knowing that we'd be here at church. And the doctor happened to be there, and the doctor told him he could take him home right then. So he's already home. This is any, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Anything. When we pray, we need to expect God to move. We need to have that. It's not, gee, I hope the Lord heals this person. Or, gee, I hope the Lord expedites healing. I mean, this needs to be in our inner core of who we are as believers. Because we're seeing it. We're seeing it as we're living. So, I'm excited about that. He's home, sound asleep right now. And uh, I'll be heading out right after church to go uh, take care of him and, and cook up some dinner later, later for everybody. But this morning, so we had this marvelous time yesterday at um, the block party. And um, it was all I could have hoped for in a way to touch our community and love our community. I asked Lonnie last night, I said, what, what scripture would like sum up today? And um, he says, i got to ponder that. And I said, well, the first one that comes to my mind is the one that Jesus said, love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I just want to tell each one of you that was there and worked so hard, and that's, that's just about everybody that is present here today, I'm so proud of all that you gave. You gave over and beyond. You sacrificed. And when you sacrifice that, like that unto God to touch other lives, for no other reason than that, everybody could have been home or do, doing something else on a beautiful day. And by the way, look at the day he gave us. It was amazing. And we thank you, God. And we thank you for the strength to do and all the things that it took to have that happen yesterday. It was so amazing. So as tired as you all were, I know how tired I was. So by the time we got home late, I don't know, it was, you know, really late. So or early this morning. And I picked the songs for worship because it was I, I was I was supposed to do that. And I did that on the way home in the car from the hospital. And um, last night I had a dream or actually early this morning sometime. So I got up. And it doesn't take a rocket science. I just want to share it. It was a spiritual dream. And, and when I say spiritual, I mean, I mean that God was giving me a message of things that are happening now and things to come and things to expect. It's not some gigantically spiritual dream. They're simple life experiences, and I'd just like to share them with you. Each one, the dream came in different, like, little scenes. So I'd like to share it with you quickly. I knew if I didn't write it down with everything going on, I'd forget. So in this dream, I went to a store. Lonnie and I were in, like, a town. It wasn't Hanover, but it was similar to a town like that, where the shops are on the streets. And you find a parking spot wherever you can, and you have to walk to it for a while. So I went into the store, and Lonnie was interested in another store. So he went in that one, and I went into a gift shop. And I was in there shopping, and I found something, and I went up to the cash register, and the gal that was running it, it's a young woman, and she was really sweet and kind, and she wrapped it all up for me. And then as I was leaving the store, I, something else caught my eye, and I started browsing. 
And all of a sudden in the store, she just stood in the middle of the store and she just raised her voice and she said, Everyone, isn't God just wonderful? Isn't he so loving? Don't you just love the way he loves us? And I was so surprised in the dream that the worker of the store would be saying something like this. And I was like, in the world today, I was like looking around for the response. And all of a sudden, everybody in the store just erupted in praise and thanksgiving to God. And they were saying, yes, he is. And they just started praising God and thanking him. It was amazing. So I was just, it just brought, when that, when that spontaneous praise happened, it put strength in my body. And I couldn't wait to go find Lonnie and tell him what had just happened. So we actually, I came out and he met, met me there. And he says, I've got to tell you something that just happened. And I go, no, I've got to tell you something that just happened. He says, no, I've got to tell you. Because <laughs> he knew my story would be longer than his. But anyway, anyway. And <laughs> but anyway, so what was so cool, so we start, I said, okay, I'm going to defer. Okay. I'm just like kind of hurry up, spit it out, because I've got to tell you my story. But he's telling me, and he's telling this awesome story. He was in a story, ran into some people he knew. They were talking about God, and he was telling me all the things they were sharing about what God was doing in their lives and things like that. And he just said, that was amazing. And he said, we were right in the middle of the store, and people came and just were listening to the stories, the testimonies, like we heard from our sister this morning. And all of you have a story to share. And so this was going on in the story. He goes, and people were just gathering around to listen to the stories. So I'm like, Lonnie, that's amazing. Now I've got to tell you. And just as I was about to tell him, we passed a group of children on the right-hand side of the sidewalk. And they were standing by a telephone pole. And, and so a couple of them, there was about five of them, and they were sitting, uh, a couple were sitting on the ground. And there was this adorable little guy. He was tiny for his age. He only looked to be like three, maybe four. But once he spoke, I knew he was just tiny for his size. And he was adorable, a little curly blonde hair. He had a real rugged tan, knowing he'd been outside all summer. And he sparkling blue eyes. And he looked up, and I smiled at the children. And you know, just reached out to bless them and say hello. And he goes, could you, could you give me some money? Um, I need some money. And I said, really? Well, well, how much do you need? He says, well, I'm not sure how much it is. I said, well, what do you need it for? And he showed me his arm. He said, I have, um, I have like eczema and this really bad rash on my arm and my body. And I need some cream for it. So I said, okay, is there a store that we can, uh, I mean, I said, okay, is there a store that you were planning on going to? I wasn't going to assist him in this. But I said, um, we'd like to pray for you. Can we pray for you? Because God heals. God heals people. And Jesus heals people. And I have faith that he could heal you. And I said, do you, do you believe that he could? And he said, yeah, I do. 
So just at that moment, his mother came up, and she said, um, I said, hi. I said, your son was asking for money for his cream. And I said, but we'd like to pray for him. <coughs> Excuse me. She said, well, he doesn't need cream because God can heal him. And I said, okay, then we, we're going to believe with you. And we prayed. And then we went on. And um, we prayed, and then we walked on to our cars. Then later, we went to this gathering and at some friends that were getting together. And then this whole group got together, and everybody was talking about God, and there was, you know, there were refreshments there, and we were having some water and whatever else refreshments were there, just sharing about what God was doing. And some of the stories were amazing. And right in the middle of it, this guy walked in, and he started shouting. And he, and he was like, praise God. God healed my son. Jesus healed my son. And he's completely healed. His entire body is healed. And so I'm looking at this guy, and some of the people in this group, this house meeting, are gathering uh, it wasn't really a meeting. It just kind of happened. And um, he came in, and he was the father of the little boy. He was the father of the little boy that God had touched, that we prayed for. So that was the end of my dream. And, of course, everybody was excited and shouting and glorying and praising the Lord. Um, so I picked those songs this morning before I had this dream. I just want to say that we're in a season when you sow in and you sowed seed yesterday. You sowed seed the day before. You're going to sow more seed in the coming days. And when you drop a grain of corn in the ground, it grows a plant. And it produces more corn and more seed for you to sow. You can partake of some of it, and then you save some back to plant another harvest. Amen? Just like with our money, when we sow seed into what we've been doing, and when we give God the tithe and we bring it into the storehouse, he, we will reap a harvest. I believe we're in a season where we're going to see this more and more and more spontaneously. And God's stirring and touching hearts and healing hearts. It's not just physical healing. We need, this world needs emotional healing. We need help. What we've just been through in the past couple of years. So I just want to thank you again. I'm so thankful. I'm so proud of all of you for what you've done and what you've sown. And we're about to, uh, we've changed it up this morning. We're going to sing our last song, Raise a Hallelujah, while we bring our offering this morning. And I just want to talk to all of you in cyber world out there um, and part of the gathering of Christ that are watching this today. You can participate. Normally, we do our offering after we go offline. But today, we're doing it with you. So please worship. Raise a hallelujah, because it's a time to raise a hallelujah in the house of the Lord. And let's bring our offering. And if you want to join and help support the work that we've been doing here, you can go right to ccc.vermont.org, or you can go to praisechapeloutreach.com. Um, and there are buttons that you can 
push and you can participate in an offering. We really thank you for your support. I know many of you have, and we appreciate it because we could not do the things that we're doing without it. So thank you. Amen. We bless you all. Hallelujah. So let's bring our offering right now as we sing. Come on, let's raise a hallelujah this morning. Amen. Oh, we love you, Lord. Declaration this morning, Lord. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a
I had no idea, I had no idea that you could blow the shofar. <laughs> You've been practicing? No, I play flute. Oh, you play the flute? Yeah. Well, then why don't you bring your flute? I think it's time. Practice here. Don't you think? Since 74. Oh my gosh, he's got a talent. Are, are you that old? I'm 50 years old. Whoa! 
50 years old, that's a jubilee. Come on. Oh, 60, that's even better. Hey, Brian, good to see you this morning. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. And I told him to come down. I showed him the food shelf. He got some food. Yeah. And I told him to bring his parents back. His wife is overseas. Oh, really? So. Is he from India? Yes. Okay. And hopefully we will have him back in time. That is awesome. Father, do you know what's his name? Um, Haji. Father, Haji. Haji. Haji? Hadid. 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 That's even better. Almost sounds Arabic. Hadid. That's easier for me to say is Hadid. 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 If I say it in that. If I. I'm sorry? He followed me all the way from Sharon down to the car. He knows where we are. And so now he knows where we are. Father, we just bring Hadid before you. It's not by chance. We bring his family, Father. We just ask you right now just to overshadow the whole family. And Father, even the time of worship, he may not have been accustomed to that which is the realm of the Spirit. But Father, we just ask that that deposit while he was here during worship into his most inner parts, but then call out that which is Psalms 139, that before he entered his mother's womb, you formed and fashioned him for this day as well as his family to become quickened, alive, born from above, brought into the family of God. So let him even experience that, even if he has to pull off the road on the way home, by the very presence of your, filling that car with your presence. In so Jesus' name. And then they're in India as well? Are no, they here? They're here. They're here. Father, we call forth the family. We call forth the family in Jesus' name. What were you going to say, Val? I was going to say it's um, a lot of things that make it a lot important to you. I made your benefit more important than going to my sister's I love that. Does that, does that sound like uh, I put my priorities in a different spot? I love it. 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 Of course, she hasn't heard the word that's inside of me that's coming this morning, right? But what did she say? I put the event yesterday before my family. (coughs) Going to her sister's house. Now, that's a first, because Val has really tried to be a testimony to her whole family. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? There's, there's parts of Val's family that they, they like to burp, and they have like this contest. So whenever they go over to Val's apartment or house, they, they do this thing, and it just irritates Kenny to no end. That's the family. Isn't that awesome? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. <laughs> Come on, even when he's burping. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I've ever seen a burping contest other than... Like with my son or whatever, he got into a burping contest, but that was, I'm sure, not like an adult. I mean, that's a real contest when you got adults burping, right? Kids are, kids are just having fun. 
Isn't this a great, Peggy? This is awesome. This is your family, Peggy. This is the ones that you now have become acquainted with. Amen. Well, good morning, Nancy. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Amen. We love you, Nancy. We love you. Thank you for all that you do. All that you do. Amen. Well, I'm going to just tell you my story this morning. Amen. I got up like probably most of you. Can't imagine those that were dancing for hours over there, how they, <laughs> how they felt, because I used muscles yesterday that I haven't used for a while. Your feet are sore? Yeah, Chris was saying the same thing. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness. Poor Tom, you know, he was having to drink water last night. His legs were cramping. It's like, like wait a minute, what is going on here? But I just... Oh, I'm sure they were. They take the whole bucket. Yeah, they take the whole bucket. Oh, I love it. But just listen to the thread of the experience, and that's really I just wanted to share the story because this morning when I got up, like most of you, you know, the body just uh, is not always willing, but the spirit is just always ready right there. But I, you know, set to put a cup of coffee on. You know, the window in the kitchen's open, so I'm just hearing the raindrops coming down. And, you know, we've just had so much rain but this morning it was just ministering to me. And we have these doves that just carry on between the two houses just all morning long. And so I'm just listening to them. Just I'm sure they're just sharing the glory of the Lord. You know, they're, they're knowing that we spoke about this. When the sparrow falls to the ground, God even cares about every one. So they know that they're being taken care of. So they have a lot to sing about, yes. right? Yes. And so I'm just, just thanking the Lord, thanking the Lord that uh, we were... Uh, able to have all of you to uh, be there with us and for this, and how special um, this has been. I'm going to speak a little bit more, but we've taken two and a half years to get us to where we are today, to minister the way it has taken place. Hang on about this just shortly. And so I've just been uh, pondering the very things that we now are having the opportunity to experience. Kathy talked about sowing seed. You know, what we experienced yesterday was sown two and a half years ago. Working on a building that just needed, it was in such disrepair. Really had been abandoned and vacated and abused. But we were taking every ounce of um, past death and experience, lifeless. We removed it and we then began to sow life. And so realizing that, I don't know if you take the opportunity when these words come, and either they're on YouTube or on our BuzzFeed, the words that come. But I was listening to uh, Sean's word of last week, and it was powerful. Loving me empowers you. Loving me, being Jesus, empowers you. And John, it speaks about, it empowers you to fulfill my word, excuse me, my commandments. And further along, he says, loving me empowers you to obey my word. And so I'm looking at all of these settings, and you could kind of fill in that line anywhere you'd like to. If you love Jesus, if you love me, I'll empower you to sacrifice a day with your family 
and minister to a greater family, a larger family. Go ahead. We'll get it out now. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the early spring. Yeah. Okay. I kept telling Kenny I had heard birds in my vent above the bathroom. Yeah. Birds. Birds. I don't know what kind of birds they were, but they were little babies that some little nest of uh, birds. I'm like, okay. And after fashion, all of a sudden, I didn't hear the birds no more. I'm like, okay. They must be all ready to fly now. <laughs> but oh, that was, uh, I kept telling Kenny I was hearing birds, and he's like thinking, telling me that it's your imagination. <laughs> well, I could say a couple of things about that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to? <laughs> I'm only going to talk two. I'm not going to talk about the third one. The first possibility is, is, yes, there could have been a nest, and those could have been those little ones, and maybe because you're more sensitive in the realm of the Spirit, but maybe because, and not just maybe, but because you are becoming more sensitive in the Spirit, those could have been the deposits of life that God is just bringing to your domain, to your household, because I know you like to play worship, and it doesn't always agree with Kenny, <laughs> because your worship is the Lord, Christian. But very well, that that's, I think, a, an, an affirmation or confirmation because the God of this world, this temporary setting, is becoming subject to the eternal God, the eternal things that live inside of you. And so you are now bringing, talking about planting seeds, ever since you got baptized in that pool out there a couple, three years ago, you've purposed in your heart to know him more, but you have such a desire to see, can he... Come to know the Lord. Yeah, and he's gotten you through it all. And so the second option is, is that probably you are sensitive to that which is in the realm of the spirit. And beyond just natural birds, they're probably hearing because there's such a, um, a peacefulness about the voice of birds. Amen? So... Loving Jesus empowers you, powers us, to be the light in the world. It empowers us to be able to then overcome sickness and disease. There's such power in his voice. So when we abandon ourselves or we then begin to allow ourselves to find back to priorities if loving with all of our heart with all of our mind with all of our strength then all of a sudden the empowerment to do the things that we again spoke about and I believe uh, let's see we have Wayne Tina spoke about is the things that you have an authority and the power that's within you but I wanted to carry this down to where Val has brought us, and this is John uh, 14, and I'm going to read, excuse me, John 13, verse 34. I'll remind you, loving Jesus empowers you. Now listen to this. This is John 13, 34. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples. So I gave you a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love 
I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers or disciples. Now, I just want to have Sean. I'm just going to have him bring... There's so much that we are going to share as leadership, and then in turn we're going to bring to you as the body of the things that transpired. It's going to take us a couple of hours of all the things because there were so many parts and so many experiences. But going back to um, this place of service, of priorities, putting the family of God, putting God first, because she loves Him. In turn, He empowered her because for Val, for the family, that's not a light decision. For some of us to say, I'm just assume not going to see my family. But for Val, it's an important part. So there was an empowerment that let her to go beyond her own, uh, no, I need to go make my sister happy. There was something in that. So Sean, if you would just like to share the one part, if you would. uh, Yeah. Uh, what I asked you to share about, and if you would do that. Because this is important. I I wish you'd ask, I want you just to listen to this. Uh, So yesterday at the block party, uh, you know, I was kind of hanging out and seeing what needed to have attention, and I was one of the runners that, um, if you know where things are, uh, you know, you can get Yeah, 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 you did a good job, too. So, uh, you know, I was over near the end uh, of where people were coming in, and Barbara... Barbara was there, and she goes, you know, people are, are saying they really want to see the building, and they really want to see the inside. And they came to kind of get a tour, or at least be invited in. And uh, are we doing that? And so I said, well, you know, why not? Uh, you know, I, I kind of get that. You, you, you see a building be transformed in the community, and the grounds are different, and the color of the walls are different and, you know, there's uh, events going on there and what, you know, I I get the curiosity. And so I'm like, well, why not? If somebody comes along, I'll kind of hang out over on this end of the parking lot and uh, sure. And so uh, as the day unfolded and there were so many bright lights and so thank you for being one of the lights of Mm -hmm. encouragement. But the the thing that struck me uh, probably the most about giving tours of the building was uh, the people were very hesitant to, you know, be open and to be interactive and to be excited. Uh, And almost everyone uh, wanted to know, well, how is this connected to the church? How are you connected to the church? How are you know, what's your role in it? And there's got to be a hitch and there's got to be a catch, right? And they really wanted to know, uh, you know, as I was going around and explaining the different areas of the building and our vision for the youth and uh, the game room downstairs and the, the child care center and the after school program and so on, you know, all of a sudden some of them said, you know, well, you must have a very wealthy congregation. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't. So you, you got to understand this, the position that I was taking. When you go into something like that, you can read the thoughts of people and you can discern the motivations, right? And uh, there were those religious spirits that wanted to be very argumentative and very confrontational and very, well, I knew that if I, you know, have a tour of this building, 
eventually he's going to throw out a Bible verse and probably get me saved. And, you know, that was the position and that was the attitude. And when I didn't do that, many of them were left in, in kind of, mm-hmm. well, then what is this? <laughs> then what, what is this building? Why would you do, why would you spend your time and your money? And if you're not from a really wealthy congregation and this has to take hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, and we walked by the sign that said a million dollars, and so they're like, this, this doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, people do this who have deep pockets and millions of dollars and a wealthy congregation, somebody that can back this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, then, then how do you do it? How, you've been here for a couple of years. You've had a couple of events. You know, if you're not going to preach to me and tell me about, you know, all the religious stuff that goes on that... I really don't want to be a part of, and there were walls, right? You can sense the the standoffishness. They want to be a part. They want to see what's in the building because they're very curious. But they make it very clear, I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with religion. I don't want anything to do with the fake stuff. I don't want to... They're almost saying, I'm looking for the authentic and the real. And so they're saying, how do you do it? And I said, well... Um, you're going to have to come to a Sunday morning service to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I invite you over to find out. And what I tried to make clear with them is, you know, all things in, in ways that they can understand. That's right. When you have a heart to accomplish a goal or a, a, an event, and you pour your passion into it, then it will turn out. It'll, it'll come in. And so they're like, what are you going to do here? I'm like, well, wouldn't it be nice to have an event like this every single weekend? Wouldn't it be nice to have when the coldest part of the winter, when things are dreary and you just want to get out, wouldn't it be nice to go to a community dance? Wouldn't it be nice to have a Super Bowl party down here with all the all the kids wall to wall and just having a safe place to go and a place that's, uh, you know, really some place of integrity. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So by the end, they're like, well, all right, their walls are starting to come down. Yeah. All right, if I don't have to attend your church, right, if I don't have to attend the and be a part of who you are over there, I think I might be able to, you know, look forward to this. The thing that they don't know is, I hate religion as well. That's right. I hate the fake stuff. I hate the pretend stuff. That's right. I hate the stuff that is void of any power to Come change. On. Come on. That when we started this meeting this morning, we started off with a testimony of a certain place on the earth that God wanted to change. That's right. And He wanted to do it through love. That's right. He didn't want to do it through the authority coming and the police officer and slapping on the handcuffs right, and on. throwing him in the SWAT That's right. car. That's right. To remove the atmosphere, right? So those that are going to come to a come vacation That's spot right. That's right. and be have joy and fun, it wasn't that authority. That's right. It wasn't that kind of muscle. It was the authority and the love of Jesus Christ because she figured out if I love Jesus. And I can fulfill the reason he sent me here. That's right. And so, 
you know, whether it's a community center. I said last week, so God gave us a block party in disguise. Come on, that's right, that's right. And that's the way I look at it. And so if I enter into the fake stuff and the religious stuff, that's just going to continue to turn people away. But if you enter into the authentic, the real reason God has us in this community, Come on, that's right. in to, this valley, to be real, that's right. And we'll continue to see miracles and that's signs right. and wonders. Right. And the bright lights that come to encourage us. Amen. Amen. Awesome, Sean. Perfect. Perfect. Hallelujah. Because see, that's the thing that um, if you love me, I will empower you. Going back to Val, I wanted to be able to um, bring you into my story, my world, the things that have been transpiring. But our last CCC meeting that we had, which was uh, last Thursday, it was kind of like the finality of how we began to plan and uh, who was going to be there and who wasn't going to be there and that kind of thing. And so when the meeting was all over, I'd ask just for those that weren't part of our leadership from the church, I just asked them if they would just please stay for like 10 minutes. And it isn't anything that I wanted to hide from the others, but I didn't think that they would quite understand it. So after everybody left, what I had basically tried to describe to all of us that have been working, I said, Kathy and I have been pondering this for a while, and we've been sowing for two and a half years. And I know that all of us are exhausted. That we have given our all emotionally, visionally, physically, in all ways. And I said the thing that we walked away with, or the purpose I want to describe in this meeting was, is that I'm going to ask each and every one of you that when this is physically set up, let's let the vendors take care of the vendors. If there's something that maybe that either wasn't to their liking or something that could have been more, just say, we will do better next time. But I said, for us, I said, can we minister to each other at this block party? Because if we minister to one another, that's going to carry itself over into everyone that we serve. And so I was able, and Ben's been really, really good about it, Ben, he's just, he's an observer, and he's aware, and he, uh, he's kind of a fireman as well, but he prays, all those type of things of seeing the things that he knows that he's heard leadership say because he's part of leadership, and so he wants to at least somehow have a way to be able to uh, be a part of seeing it happen if something kind of seems to go a different direction. But that was the thing that was the most important, I believe, to the Lord. And it was part of that word that in turn, the Lord bringing through Sean last week. If you love me, then I will empower you. And I just felt as that was going to be the living words for us to then be able to go over there yesterday, no matter how difficult the labor was to be, we were going to not just focus on those that would be coming. It wouldn't be about numbers. It wouldn't be about something that we either we forgot about or hadn't completed. Um, I had poor Ben upstairs trying to 
print down a handicap sign that we didn't have the opportunity to be able to, to make. All these different settings. Thank you. So in turn, the opportunity for us to be able to minister to each other fulfilled, we are loving him. We're loving him and one another. And what was so encouraging and exciting is, is it like, and I'm sure that Norm and Patricia are watching this morning, because they're just a little bit older, right? And they don't have the stamina. So they came really, really early. And they wanted to so much be a part of it. And then in turn, they were were kind of getting tired. So they were going back and forth with each other. Norm gets up and he says, well, he says, we're we're just not really serving much of a purpose here. So I I just think that we're going to leave. And I said, Norm, I said, wait a minute. You're an encouragement just being here. And then Patricia's saying, yeah, but, you know, she says, we're we're just kind of tired. You know, we just, the, the main thing is, is that we just don't feel like we're contributing that we're just really not bringing enough and that we just can't do enough. I said, well, that, that's obviously your decision. But I said, you know what? You being here is such a strength to all of us. Yes. And so, of course, you know, I'm up doing other things and whatever. And I come back like an hour later. Norm's standing up. He's, yeah. do, you know, t- taking money. He's doing this kind of stuff, pointing people in a different direction. Yeah. And then, and then uh, who's he married to? Patricia. Patricia's on the other side. and. <laughs> He's at the other table, and, and she's just, you know, and she's just got a smile from ear to ear, and I'm thinking. And so what I really, 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 really believe is important is that for us that have been, been at it for a long time in the ministry, we've been taught that, of course, the Great Commission is the first and foremost thing that we should respond to. I understand that. But he sent them out two by two. And those two had to have a love for him and a love for one another to then present love that would reveal him. And so for so long, we've worked hard. We've worked, 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 because salvation's important. Work, work, work. Make it perfect so they'll come. Work, work, work. Make it to where then they will respond. What we saw yesterday was absolutely amazing. And I believe it was your responding to love one another, strengthen one another, that then he empowered us to then be able to be that love that then touched others. Because I made the comment to some of the leadership yesterday while we were sitting there. There were young families that stayed. They just didn't come in, see what was there, and leave. There was even a young gentleman that had half of his leg missing. And I don't know how he did this. I think he had four kids there all together. But the one son will one day be a leader. (laughs) If any of you know what I'm saying, the one son is going to be a leader. He had enough energy for the whole family, and he wanted to make sure that he was making a way for wherever anybody else might go, he was going to go first. 
Now, mind you, they had a child that maybe seven months, maybe five months old. He had one of those slings in the front. I don't know if you saw him. And this little leader is running all around. He's got the hula hoops. He's doing all kinds of stuff. You know how big that parking lot is? Dad's got this little baby in the sling, and he's trying to run down this little four-year-old on one leg around that parking lot two or three different times. And he finally had to raise his voice. He just says, stop. He's got two loops in his hand, and he's thinking, do I run or do I stop? <laughs> and thank God, because I'm thinking, you know what? There are so many uh, move dips in that parking lot. I can just see Dad going, and this little baby in the pouch, and the sling, and I could just see. And so thank goodness that little guy stopped. And then eventually, he kind of got his attention, and then mom, of course, was there. But the thing that I'm saying is, is that God is really altering the way that we display him. And also back to priorities. We've really had the opportunity this last three years, it's been the heart of the leadership, because there are so many things going on in the world You have so many different theologies, right? The rapture is a big one. Be taken up before he comes, while he comes, after he comes, when you think he's coming. However, we'll all know it when he does. That's going to be the truth. But what we've tried to really realize is, amongst ourselves as leadership, Everyone is at a different level in maturity, coming to know him, coming to know his word, moving by the spirit, such as hearing birds, right? But the thing that we've tried to do is is introduce a substance in this demonstrating that you would love one another. Anytime anybody comes to our Feast of Tabernacles, that's all they talk about, is how much, you, how much they recognize that you love one another and how you pour that love out on them. And, I'm sorry? It's easy to do that. Val? It should be easy to do that for all of us, right? But it's becoming easier. Because we're loving him more, which he's then empowering us more to be able to love him, love one another, not with our own love, because that doesn't work. We're becoming his love. What did Jesus say? If you have seen me, you've seen the Father. The only display that Jesus could bring, because he was 100% man, born of Mary. The only love that he could give that was sustainable was the very love of the Father that was in him. Father, I have sanctified myself that they too might sanctify themselves. 
Do not take them out of this world, but keep them from the evil one. That's what our experience is becoming right now. We so much desire to be whole. And day by day, day by day, we're seeing that love is beginning to just burn out those places of priorities. Things that we thought were necessary to be able to be the light to the world. You read all through God's story, there was only one perfect individual. Every other example of the instrument of God's hand in miracles, signs and wonders, love demonstrated, were those that were imperfect people. And so that's what Tabernacles is all about. And you can read Zechariah 3 sometime because the word speaks about Joshua. Joshua did everything he could to serve the Lord, do the things that would fulfill his story, Psalms 139, all the things that were asked of him. But then when you see the finality of becoming whole, Jesus was there, our adversary was there, Joshua was there, and so weren't the angels. And Jesus said to the angels, remove his filthy garments. It was something that Joshua could not do. You and I cannot remove. The finality of wholeness does not come by our own doing. But once the Lord says, remove the filthy garments, then the Lord speaks to the angels. Now clothe him. That's where Paul got being clothed from heaven, not in heaven, where the perishable takes on the imperishable. And then he says, crown him. Told the angels, crown him with a crown. And that's where the mind of Christ, the person of Christ himself, Joshua became whole. So that's what we have to look forward to. And so the more that we continue to love him, he empowers us to then become that which 139 Psalms, your story then becomes further by page by page by page. Because all of our story comes into the same conclusion, the same chapter of God's story. Because we're in his story. We're in the book of life. That's why he said, make sure. Make sure. Don't worry about how your body dies. But make sure before you spiritually are ascended or pass out of this realm, make sure that your name is in that book of life. And so what's so wonderful is that we have different stories written concerning us, but we have the same last chapter. As the greater family, we're going to be all together with him. As it was, we just now had the little dancer, what's her name? 